welcome to the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. Hello, everybody. It's me. And this week, I have mostly been thinking about Jamie Kennedy out of Scream. Which one's Jamie Kennedy? The one who plays one of those characters called Randy, but I don't think that's right. Um, this is the second cast member from from a Scream film, because didn't you mention Matthew Lillard a few weeks ago? No, <laughs> Is your next one Neve Campbell, by any chance? No. Nev. Nev, not Neve. Nev, mate. Uh, Neville. Longbottom, who's dead, by the way. In our Harry Potter series, you can go back and listen to them. Anyway, hello everybody, it's me, and Jamie Kennedy is alive and well and working in show business still. Probably. I'm not even going to bring up his IMDb page, that's how little (laughs) I care about uh, Jamie Kennedy. Good news, welcome to our Wednesday episode of News and Reviews, where we are talking news and reviews. It's going to be a hastily edited Wednesday night episode, because it is currently half past eleven. The Thursday episode of News (laughs) That's better. At some point, this will come to your ear holes. How are you doing, Alex? Could have just left it at Wednesday, I suppose. Uh, yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Eh, not so bad. Got caught up in election fever, didn't we? Yeah. That's why we've been away for a week. I've been on the campaign trail for the Dinosaur Man party. Yeah, I mean... No, after, no one is voting. After our record-breaking listener figures for Guardians of the Galaxy 2 review, uh, they don't need to know that that's a lie, uh, <laughs> we, we thought, hey, we could probably beat the Tories at their own game. So we're running on a platform that is radical, to say the least. It, it's every Wednesday there'll be a news and reviews, maybe sometimes on a Thursday. And no more Transformers films, please, Michael Bay. I'm begging you. <laughs> Those are our only two policies. Surely we will win. I mean, the thing is, there will only be one more Transformers film. Oh, wait, no, because the other no. one comes out in between. So this year's one will come out after the election, which means that it's technically been released under our stewardship, and that's God not okay. Damn it. Is it too late to block that? <laughs> we maybe. can block number six. Um, shall we should we crack on? Let's get into we've, got, it. we've got lots of news Mate, to talk so about. So many yeah. newses. How do you want to start? News pig, snuffle something up for me. Well, you've got all the news, so okay, I guess cool. you. I guess you're the hog roast of news this week. We're gonna run out of ways to describe pigs. Uh, okay, so <laughs> first things first. I'm the realist. No, that's Iggy Azalea. <laughs> I can't wait for your Iggy Azalea tribute act to really take off. So, in preparation for Alien Covenant being released on Friday this week, which is uh, two days time slash one day time, mm-hmm. uh, we're talking Alien Covenant, we're talking Ridley Scott's grand scheme for the rest of the uh, series. Yeah, I've not heard much about this. Well, Ridley Scott has previously said that he would be happy to just keep on making Alien movies until he dies. Yeah, but remember Robert Downey Jr. said he's happy making just Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes movies till he dies, and one of those petered <laughs> off. But Sherlock Holmes still going strong. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, now there's a... We'll get into They're that making a third time. one, aren't they? Yes, I believe so. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> Ridley Scott has said that he would like to do... He's got. He's certainly got an idea for doing another prequel to Alien that would fit in, mm-hmm. basically, that would tail-end, dovetail into the beginning of Alien. And then something as of, of a sequel to Alien, pre-Aliens, because he doesn't feel like Aliens is a spiritual successor. Because at one point, wasn't Ridley Scott and James Cameron going to make a movie together? Maybe. They were going to make one together, and then James Cameron went, actually, no, I've got blue people to make. I'm pretty sure I'm certain that's a fact. This may well be true. Um, because they, they, both, they both didn't like what 3 and 4 did. 
Caution. And I think it, they were going to do it after four, mm-hmm. before Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator came out, and that's when James Cameron went off board. Because mm. I think he got about, this is now a stupid franchise. I don't think anyone thought it was a clever franchise even before that, because I think three and four managed to pretty much ruin it. But yeah, I think, I think that's a fact. Well, either way, he's basically come out and said, I would love to do this one that goes into the beginning of Alien, and then one coming out at the end of Alien that is basically the successor to that film. The timeline's so messy now. Yeah, the timeline's not that messy. If you start doing that, it's... Oh, okay, that, the second one is going to be messy. That would be messy. But the one heading into Alien, I think that's fine. I think Where does Covenant fit between Prometheus and, and that one going into Alien? Yeah, so, well, Covenant at the moment fits in between Prometheus and Alien. Okay. But then his idea is that this next one will be a sequel to Covenant, which was being called Awakening at one point, um, the, the one that he's proposing afterwards, but it seems to be in flux. Anyway, he's also officially stuck a fork into the idea of Neil Blomkamp doing any Alien 5. Which is a shame. Which is a shame, but hey, because we I, always knew this was going to happen. But I really liked his concept art and stuff that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, it showed uh, all that kind of, like, sculpting stuff that he'd done, like, the, the models. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was what he was doing looked like it could be really interesting. Yeah. Because his was going to take place after 2, wasn't it? After Aliens. I think well, his, his, was, his was officially actually going to take place after the four really because well, oh, it, just... it, it was it was going to be titled alien five initially essentially just taking on from there i think it was going to largely sideline the events of three and four but we'll we'll never find out now so that's that it's a shame. Um, so yeah alien covenant out this week there is possibility of alien keeping do you going. think it's because neil blomkamp wanted to put die and wood into the alien universe yeah and i think that was enough to put anyone off <laughs> they were playing the alien queen so you know what ridley scott perfectly justified to tell him to sling his hook on that one was it you was telling me um i don't mean to go off on another tangent here but was it you was telling me that people have started hating on ridley scott lately uh people hate on ridley scott for for various different reasons the counselor is a very good reason it was you I had this yeah, conversation yeah. with the other day. The, the, there's a lot of people who do not like what he does. Uh, there's a lot of people who believe that he's lost it and passed it. I happen to disagree. I, look, it all started with Prometheus. Prometheus. People, That's why, because I, st- I watched Prometheus. You watched Prometheus to catch up. Um, and yeah, Prometheus is not a well-regarded film universally. It's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess. There is a lot of nice stuff in there, and I like a lot of what it does. But there are, there are huge issues with mm-hmm. it, and I can accept that. There are people who hated that film hated it hated it hated it and then as a result his next film being The Counselor which was a piece of garbage an expensive garbage at that because it had all these actors in it who really great actors who knew how to do good work don't know what happened there yeah. and then The Martian was his road to redemption essentially uh, look, I'm looking forward to Alien Covenant it, still it was you who said the thing is if you do Alien and Blade Runner Trying to capture what you did there. Yeah, like the thing is, if you've got Alien and Blade Runner in your in your oeuvre, then of course everything else is going to pale in comparison because you've done Alien and Blade Runner. I'm sorry, but no one else has those two in their locker, and for good reason because Ridley Scott is very good at what he does. It's just when he has an off day, people attack them, and it's the thing the same as Christopher Nolan. If you've if you've got a Christopher Nolan film that is good, then that's great. But if you've got a Christopher Nolan film that isn't quite as good as the rest of Christopher Nolan films, it's still better than most films you're going to see that year. But it's just a bit of a disappointment because I know he can do better. 
I suppose this kind of all leads into a little bit mm. of news. Yeah. Um, talking of Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, a trailer for Blade Runner. Uh, okay, 2049. That's 2049, yeah. 2.49. 2049. Yeah. That came out, which obviously isn't really Scott directing, but it's but based on the film. But he's producing or executive producing it at least and has had a major hand in sort of Denis Villeneuve's. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. Or yes, whatever you want to butcher his name into. Um, <laughs> it has these in it. The thing is, we don't always get names right, but I made sure I got that one right. <laughs> and I normally never get names right, so why break a habit of a lifetime? I mean,. Villeneuve's a name that I have not uttered since Jacques Villeneuve won the Formula One title in 1997, I think. And I haven't uttered since we saw Arrival. <laughs> anyway, so, yes. What did, what did you think of the trailer? Cause the trailer looks it's... good. The trailer intrigues me. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It looks strong. It looks visually very striking, very bold. Yeah. As was the original, let's be honest. Uh, let us be honest. Let me be honest and you to take my word for it. I'm. I am excited for it. Um, it's something to look forward to in the later part of the year because it's a, an October release. Friend of the podcast Hamish, oh, who yeah. has been on an episode with us before, he has been badgering me about this film like since this trailer dropped. Especially, he's been like, "Have you seen the trailer?" I was like, "Yes." You sent me the trailer. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the trailer? Yes. And he's like, "What did you think?" And I went, "I think it means I have to watch the first one now," which I have bought because I was like, "I'll buy it." Yeah. That means I have to watch it. But then yeah, I need to remember I bought Fury a year ago to watch that. And still not. It's still is still, still, still is rapper. Um, but no, it looks interesting enough. It makes me go. I should really watch that first one because I know all the imagery that's been inspired by Blade Runner and things like that. So mm. it's one I really need to go back to and watch. But yeah, definitely. But I know there are people excited. Hamish. Yeah, the trailer does look great, um, and I'm sure it means some more to people who actually understand that universe. Yeah, there's a, there's there's a bit more going on for people who know the original <laughs> rather than you. Who's <laughs> just like, hey, this will be a good film. I like, hope, I hope oh, nothing look, bad happens. They have giant it, women in this universe. But no, genuinely looks quite exciting. I wonder what Harrison Ford's doing here. This new character, Harrison Ford. <laughs> He's like, I, I used to do what you do. I wonder what that is. I wonder what that film would be like. Hmm. Although, it's a shame we'll never know. Hashtag Deckard is a replicant. Hashtag Gosling is a replicant. Yeah, is that what you're going with? Everyone's a, I bet Gosling's a replicant. Yeah. See, I haven't even seen the film, but I know what it is. Um, but yeah, I believe Gosling's going to turn out to be a robot man. Well, it's open to interpretation. No, I think he will be. No, it'll be open to I interpretation. I think he's definitely going to be. They'll do it like the first I'm, one where you can draw your own conclusions. I'm putting down my stake in the land right here. You're planting your flag. I'm planting my flag. Um, mark this date as the date I said. Gosling will definitely be a replicant. And then you can all say, oh, Andy, in your infinite wisdom, we should have listened to you at that time. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> never a never gonna listen to you. B I'm not gonna mark any date, especially not this date. If any, if ever there was a date that deserved marking, this was not it. What else you got for us? Okay, so let's keep going. Let's talk about Hellboy. Hellboy's finally getting a third, Woo! except it's not. It's getting a reboot. Boo. Uh, so Hellboy has been sort of talked about as they've you know Ron Perlman particularly in recent years has been very vocal in trying to get a third instalment on Mm -hmm. the way, ten years plus after the second one came out nothing and it's never never looked likely to happen and it was looking like it might have to be crowdfunded at one point but there's just not enough behind that Yeah. so the studio have now gone and said hey we're going to reboot the series and we're going to make it an R rated reboot 
and the same producers are still on board, but they're they're going without Del Toro and without Perlman, and they're going with um, what's his name, David Harbour, yeah, as Hellboy. I don't know what to think about this. Like, why do you think they got rid of Del Toro? Why Why do you think they didn't just give him faith to go? Because he, well, this is the problem. That's why they got rid of him. Putting faith in him to do his thing again. They want more control over the project, mm. I think. And I think that is a problem. Did you say they've got a director for this? Yeah, Neil Marshall, who is a great director. He did The Descent, which is a really terrific horror movie. Um, yeah, he, he's a fun, he, really phenomenal work. Uh, Dog Soldiers was also his. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's got history in terms of uh, horror films and stuff. Mm. So I think the angle they're going to take with this is a much more horror inflected one. Especially with it being R-rated. The Del Toro one was very much a sort of fantastical element rather than a, a straight out and out horror one. Um, yeah. But what you do lose, I think, is the bold imagery and sort of the the sort of visionary style of Del Toro. And you know, I'm one of his biggest fanboys, so. I will, of course, be disappointed that's going to happen. I, what's upsetting is I think Perlman was perfect. Well, this is the thing. I think the the biggest mistake. I, I I think the bigger mistake, rather than Del Toro leaving the project, is Perlman leaving the project. I think David Harbour isn't the right fit, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so that's basically looking to film this year, tail end of this year, for potentially a late twenty eighteen release, early twenty nineteen. It's going to be a hell of a project to get. I mean, if they've only just announced it this week, um, September they're looking at starting filming. So, it could well be that they uh, that they get it out in twenty eighteen. Yeah, I hope it does well. Yeah, it would be nice to see it do well, and I'm perfectly happy with them taking it a separate direction. Del Toro's got his own stuff on at the moment, anyway. Yeah. So finding time in that schedule was probably going to be very difficult. It is just a shame that he isn't able to finish off what he wants to do. Although he is making one of the most, well, currently co-creating one of the most intriguing and weird-looking games to be announced, which is Hideo Kojima's Death Standing. Oh yeah, that's what I've heard of. Which, you watch a trailer and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, but he was supposed to be doing Silent Hills PT. Mm. Well, he did Silent Hills PT, but supposed to be doing Silent Hills with Kojima before Konami kind of shat all over them. Um, yeah. So... He is still doing interesting stuff, and obviously he's got all the stuff he does movie-wise as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a shame he's not doing this. Yeah, but hey, you know, he's got a film later this year. We'll see what he's what he's got going on going ahead. What else you got for me? Final piece of news is that Judge Dredd is getting a live-action TV series. All being well. Boo. Is Carl uh, in it? Very possibly, yeah. Okay, I'm, my interest is now peaked. So it's Tell me is. more. So, <laughs> uh, so, basically, they're calling it Judge Dredd Mega City 1. So it's going to be more of an exploration of Mega City 1 mm-hmm. rather than uh, purely Judge Dredd focused, I think. Is it being done by the same guy? It's, I believe it's, well, I believe it's being produced by, the same, uh, by a couple of the same producers. Um... I, in fact, being produ- one of the producers on the series is going to be the guy who produced the Battlestar Galactica remake mm. from the early 2000s, which was really terrific. Um, I never got around to watching it, but I've heard good things. Uh, Jason and Chris Kingsley, who produced Dread, are also on board as producers. So that what is about, good um, news. I don't know that Garland's going to be doing the screenplay or that uh, 
That's a good one. Is it Adi Shankar or something like that? Uh, he's one of the producers as well. Um, I'm trying to think of the director. He's just had a film out, City of Tiny Lights. Pete Travis. Uh, I don't know that he would be on board for it at the moment. Nothing's been announced in terms of that. But it could, you know, Carl Urban was... I've been attacked by a ladybird. This is this is new. How many spots has a killer ladybird got? None. 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 Is that what it is? All red. Okay. What about like sixty spots? Because this okay. one has loads. Oh yeah, that's also poisonous. Oh no! <laughs> it's coming at you. Um, sorry for that. <laughs> like <sighs> this is this is <laughs> this is the wonderful thing about this podcast is at times nature attacks. Who would have thought at this time of night a ladybird would try to kill me? Let's go and talk about Dragon. <laughs> so last year, Carl Urban was uh, quite vocal in trying to get a TV series. He wanted Netflix or Amazon to take it on. Yeah, because he's always wanted more. He's, Dread, he's always wanted he? to do more of it, and you know, fair play to him. He, he put in a really good performance there, and it is you know one of the most underrated comic book movies. He's like, I haven't trained my jaw to sit in this position for no reason. Let me go back at it. I mean, you know, it is early to get excited about it. Yeah. This could well be yet another, because we, you know, if you try to count the amount of times that we've been promised new Dread stuff, you'd lose count, because we've, it seems like you get something every week basis. or every other week. On a weekly basis, it's renewed and cancelled. Uh, but, you know, they've done a poster reveal for it, so... Fingers crossed. I didn't know anything about it until you mentioned it. No, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, literally happened today, um... So um, quickly. Uh, sorry, you didn't talk about dread. I was going to give you the tagline. Yeah, oh yeah, go for it. Four hundred million citizens, every one a potential criminal. Now that means plenty of work for that chin. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you what you thought of the Dark Tower trailer. So mm, we got that since last yeah, time. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I'm reserving judgment until. Closer to the day, you know, so. you know the book. So yeah, I don't. I still don't know what they're doing with this because I've been told that it's picking up where the books stop. The thing and is that it's going to be very loosely connected to the series. The amount of people I've heard say, "I'm willing to watch this just to see Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey go at it on screen." Mm-hmm. Like, I think they've done really well at kind of casting it to get people through that door, and we're going to see some really cool gun reloads. That's what that trailer showed me. Just gun reloads, basically. So many the gun showed me. Uh, Yeah, uh, we, additionally, we also got a full trailer for Dunkirk mm. uh, while we've been away. Which looks looks great. Uh, which, again, looks lavishly directed. It yeah. looks like it could well match the intensity of that opening of Saving Private Ryan. Because mm. that is sort of the high watermark test, Yeah, that's right. If you can get anywhere near it. And I think if right. anyone's going to do it, Christopher Nolan's the man to try. And you get, um, and we got another little It trailer. With a little bit of it. Yeah, we got the first look at mm. it. Um, Here's something. Ever since you did your episode on the Stephen King shared universe, genuinely, I've seen about six separate places pick up on this Stephen King shared universe stuff. And I'm there going, hold on. <laughs> hold, hold on. Excuse me, miss. Excuse I was ahead me. of the cultural zeitgeist on this one. Uh, look, the, the idea of that shared universe, you know, the... Well, apparently there's something in the trailer for Dark Tower about Pennywise. I've not picked up on it. If, no, I don't know whether that's I mean, true or not. Again, apparently, we've gone over the connection in the podcast. Yeah. That there is a connection to Pennywise within the Dark Tower series, so it will be interesting to see if they play. 
I don't think. But they're different can. studios as well, which is interesting. Yeah, I think maybe they'll make sort of knowing nods towards things, but they're not going to be like, hey, we'll weave this together because, what, oh, two studios working together, oh, that's going to work perfectly, yeah. <laughs> I imagine that will be brilliant. Uh, but that's in, that, I think that's it in terms of news. Yeah, there's a couple of other little trailers, like Wonder Woman had one which I've not watched, Spider-Man had a further one which I've not watched. Mainly because those are the films where I'm kind of going, I've seen enough of now, I don't want anything more to do sure. with them. So like, if they pop up in front of a video or anything, I'm skipping them. Mm-hmm. Kind of going, no, no, I don't want to see any more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So there are a couple of others that have popped up, but nothing really to note. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's get on with the reviews then, shall we? The reviews? Uh, well, I've got one review, so I don't know if you've got anything. Um, I've been playing a game. Okay, well, do you want to do the game? Yeah, I've, I've not really played much of it yet, mm-hmm. but I've started playing it. I've got a game called um, The Sexy Brutal. Tell. Which is on Xbox, PS4, PC. Mm-hmm. And basically, it's Groundhog Day in a game where... Sounds pretty good. You play you play a character who is... Bill Murray. Um, Bill Murray. He's <laughs> been put into a hotel. Yeah. And there's all these guests. Mm. And they keep dying. And what you have to do is you get a stopwatch that, keeps retu- that you can keep returning to the start of the day. And you've got to kind of pick up clues as you go through the days um, and keep going back to the start right. to try and solve the murders. So, uh, for example, I could tell you the first level basically is a man gets shot and your job is to find where the blank cartridge is and how you can get that, put mm-hmm. the blank cartridge in the shotgun so when he tries shooting it, it doesn't work and therefore saves the character. That's the, ga- that's the game's kind of test the level there. Mm. Um, and I've only really played a couple of levels on from that, but you came in the other day when I was playing it um, and it's just really interesting of Really kind of really interesting mechanics working. Um, and the music in it is fantastic. Like, it's this kind of like little jaunty kind of tune um, that keeps going. Um, but it seems to have this story behind it that I think is going to be the thing that carries you through, that keeps you going. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what it is yet, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, and it's really cheap as well, like in comparison to like most newly created games. It's like mm. 15 quid. Oh, okay. Um, so I picked up for that. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'd seen a sort of let's play video of it a few weeks ago, and it looked, you know, it looked very sort of stylized and very. Yeah. It's, it's got a sort of steampunky vibe going on some of it, and it sort of looks a bit bizarrely nightmarish. Yeah, because like um, you get masks that give you powers and stuff. Yeah, like and it looks like it's a fairly sort of simple playing game in terms of the the mechanics of it aren't too complex to to pick up and play. You can sort of run with it. Mm-hmm. From picking it up, um, which I think probably helps in terms of if you're if you introduce this sort of notion of you can go back in time and you will have to in order to do all the necessary yeah. steps in order to. Like make... I'm spending a whole day just literally sitting in a cupboard watching what somebody's doing, so I know what they do the next time mm-hmm. round. Yeah, um, but yeah, it looked interesting enough. It looked uh, sort of quirky and. But I'm excited uh, to go fun. back to it as well, and I right. think it's one of those where I won't really lose what I have to do as well. I can pick it up and play a level and go away. Mm. It's not going to be reliant on you picking it up every day. and Yeah, and kind you know, of really just learning and honing those controls. Yeah, just sort of powering through it. And, and the thing is, if you forget them, then you just restart the day. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so if you mess up, you just restart the day. Um, but you actually went a source of it, didn't you? As if, like, as if, like, I spent a lot of time just returning to the start of one singular day. Um, I haven't progressed past Monday. Yeah, so I have seen Mindhorn, which has been out for about a week now. Um, mm-hmm. Don't judge us for being late. Um, but no, uh, Mindhorn is 
comedy written uh, by, well, co-written by Julian Barra and Simon Farnaby, directed by Sean Foley. Basically, it's now yeah, it concerns a out of work actor who had a hit show in the nineteen eighties, and by hit show I mean sort of middling success in the nineteen eighties. Um, the diagnosis murder of the eighties. Which does feel like a sort of Knight Rider type show yeah. or something akin to that, you know, where the production values are not exceptionally high and it's got a sort of it's got a weird sort of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place sort of vibe to it where you're you're watching you're watching the clips from the show from the eighties and going, uh, okay, you're you're lovingly recreating the mm-hmm. shit shows from the nineteen eighties that you may have grown up with. Um so, title character, Mindhorn, is the character that Richard Thorncroft played in that show. And basically... It's um, a great 80s name as well, Richard yeah. Thorncroft. Richard Thorncroft is a classic actor's name from the 1980s. Yeah. Um, and then he gets contacted by the police who say, look, the, the police on the Isle of Man, that is fairly important. Um, the whole film is basically taking place on the Isle of Man, which is great because there are a ton of Isle of Man jokes in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, where the Isle of Man is the butt of and also the giver of a few of them. Um, and there's a killer or a suspected killer on the loose who will only talk to Mindhorn, believes him to be a real detective. Mm-hmm. So he, he calls up the police and says, I'll tell you who the murderer is. I just want to speak to Mindhorn about it. I will only speak to Mindhorn. So they get in contact with him and he goes along under sort of protest, but he goes along. And then spends time reconnecting with his ex-wife, or you know, and sort of going through all the all the steps. It's got a sort of Alpha Papa vibe to it, mm. where it feels, it does feel slightly too stretched. It does feel like it it would make an excellent thirty-minute sitcom episode. An hour and a half is perhaps a bit push. Yeah, it just feels like. You, you test it to its limits on that. It's funny enough, and, you know, I'm la- I was laughing throughout, and even during the end credits, there are laughs to be had there. Mm-hmm. However, the times where it doesn't work, you just go, this could have been so much tighter, but in order to make it tighter, you've got to make it a 30-minute episode because it's only, what, an hour and a half as it is. Yeah. So if you lose 20 for 30 minutes from that, it, you can't release that as a feature-length film. You've got to say, right, well, you could maybe put this out as a TV special. I would say that Julian Barrett really goes into that character full gusto and clearly loves it, you know, has a great time playing that role. And it's funny enough, there is good there is good stuff to be found within his character and his sort of uh, inflated ego and his idea of his place in the world. There's good stuff with Russell Tovey in it. Um, Essie Davis crops up playing his ex, which is great. And Essie Davis is the woman from the Babadook. Um, so obviously <laughs> I, was, I was more inclined to like that. Um, Steve Coogan pops up for a little cameo, as does Kenneth Branagh and Simon Callow. And it, all of them seem to be having a lot of fun. Is it a little bit of a sad reminder that Julian Brennan... Um, Barrett may really have been the funny one from the Mighty Boosh. Well, I think demonstrably he is, and his look. Uh, you know, I like Noel Fielding enough. I think he's good at certain things. He played he a good part in the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, and that part is very much also the part that some of his stand-up t- took, and that's fine. And you know, he is certainly 
he is certainly someone who appeals to a proportion of their audience. Yeah. Whereas I think the Howard Moon character within the Mighty Boosh always had a cult following of people who were like, oh, this is... And I think Julian Barrett really sells that part well in mm. the Mighty Boosh, and he does. You know, it's difficult. To, it's difficult to play the straight That's man. That's great. All of it's great. You know, the, the radio series, the TV series, all great. And it is interesting to see that Julian Barrett is the one who's sort of still churning out stuff, and yeah. whereas Noel Fielding seems to be sort of drifting. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm making assumptions. But no, it's. It's good enough. It's funny enough. If you're looking for a comedy, this will hit the right buttons. Hmm. You just will feel a little bit like, oh, okay, yeah, I know where this is going. But you know, even at the end, I was still laughing. So it's it's still funny enough throughout to carry you through. Would you say it's a very British film? Like, do you think it, it it's going to be better regarded over here than it would say in America? I would say almost undoubtedly, it will be. Um, I. Not to say that there isn't stuff that an American audience would also pick up on, but I think the idea of this kind of character existing is very British. Um, because you've already seen, uh, you know, presuming most people have seen any Alan Partridge by this point, yeah. it's such a similar setup in terms of the, the position that he thinks of himself in and the position he's actually mm-hmm. in that you get echoes of that. So maybe at times you are reminded of Alan Partridge, which is never a bad thing necessarily, um, because I think he still does enough to make it a different voice. Um, but yeah, interesting, you know, bit of a mismatch, but it works enough. Yeah, but not um, the same. So yeah, I would say if you're if you're looking for something in the cinema, there's a lot worse out there. It's, it's, it's not particularly strong at the moment. No, You've there's got, guard, there's Guardians out there at the moment, and there's. Uh, I laughed more at this than I did at Guardians. Really? I'll say that. I had a lot of fun doing Guardians. I had a couple of laughs in Guardians. But again, Guardians suffered from the fact that it wasn't as funny as the original. And obviously now we're, we're just tipping into blockbuster season, aren't we really? Like Guardians was the start of that. Alien comes out. But the, like I said, this past week, there's not there's not been anything that grabs me anyway that I wanted to really go out and see. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I saw Navig. Um, we did watch the pilot of American Gods, but I think we'll probably talk about that in a later week once we've got more of an idea of yeah, what's going on there. We may well either talk about that later week or maybe at the end of the series sort of do a yeah. wrap up, uh, um, depending so if we've stuck with it that long. So if you're there going, hey guys, why are you not talking about American Gods? We, 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 we will, uh, maybe. Yeah, and if you, are, if you aren't saying that, check it out, why not? Yeah, got nothing it's to lose. very interesting. Um, but I want to get more of a feel for what it is before I talk about before it. Before you start more, getting into more it. More than yeah, anything. Sure. Um, yeah. That's it. Cool. Then. I think that's, that's pretty much all. That's the end that's of the, the end. podcast. God, you can tell we haven't done this in a while, can't you? <laughs> I'm gone. I'm out. That's the end. That's where we're Sorry, I, I was thrown off by being attacked by a ladybird earlier. Um, it's, it's really ruined my flow. As always, you can get in contact with us on Facebook and on Twitter. On Facebook, we are Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. On Twitter, at Dinosaur Man 15. You can find us on Facebook, and I've just said that cock and balls it. Uh, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, and Buzzsprout, where you can also leave reviews. Five stars would do it, six would be ideal, but I'm not sure they have the capabilities for that yet. Just do five stars and write in your comment, and an extra star, please, thank you. Five stars, and then the, the extra comment just saying, why do you not have a six star? 
for God's sake, Amazon, sort it out. We're on Amazon now. Um, they love us on there. Andy, thank you very much. Oh, Johnny Muse did the theme song. Yep, this Probably time. quite good. Oh, it was inspired by... By the 1980s and also Judge Dredd. <laughs> Mega City 1. Um, you'll notice underscoring it was just the words, I am the law, repeated. That was the lyrics to this week's episode. Um, no, thank you, Alex. You're welcome. And until next time. Don't... Don't you want me? Die, die, die.